Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest Calvin, in our teaching series. at very, very short notice agreed to step in and has come to be with us this morning. So just to introduce Anne to you, Anne is an incredibly anointed woman of God. She carries a, a, a teaching anointing, but also a prophetic anointing. She carries the presence more than she realizes. <laughs> and God is raising her up to be a significant prophetic voice in this nation. Anne has been part of the leadership of New Wine. She's on the leadership of Spring Harvest. Uh, she is on the uh, staff of Stanmore Baptist Church, um, and therefore she's also Sam's boss. <laughs> and uh, Anne was up in the Wirral, I think, yesterday, and came back late last night, and still agreed to be with us. So we're profoundly and deeply grateful. Let's welcome Anne Show as she comes. Thank you, Craig. And let's pray for Anne. Father, we want to thank you so much for Anne. Thank you for all that she carries. Thank you for who she is. And we say, Lord, let your anointing rest upon her afresh this morning. Overwhelm her with your love. And Father, let the word she speaks come straight from your heart. So Father, would you bless her to be a blessing, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, it is such a blessing to finally be here amongst you. Obviously, I've heard a lot about you, all good, from Sam and from Gia, and it's a joy for us to have them with us at Stanwell Baptist. So um, thank you for releasing them. I mean, you know, we're one church, aren't we? And we're, we're ministering together um, around the globe. So thank you so much um, for releasing them. They are really encouraging us at Stanmore. They are um, bringing life to the body um, and changing the culture, and it is, it's profound what the Lord is doing, and, and it's just good to have some friends um, to journey with as well, so thank you. When Chris called me, I think it was maybe Friday that we spoke, um, I just immediately went, I don't think I can do that, I'm on the Wirral, and it's just too much, and then when I came off the phone, I just really felt unsettled in my spirit that the time was now to come. Um, I've known I would come, and I think I'm coming in April to, to minister to the women, so I'm really looking forward to being with you then. Um, but I just knew that it was right to come this morning. Um, so I've come, hopefully prayerfully, um, and hopefully to bring what? Um, thank you, Sue. I thought she was going to pour it on me then. <laughs> That's a bit that I didn't know about. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully just um, try to listen in to the Lord um, for you guys and bring that. Um, just turn to my daughter during the worship time because she's known to be quite prophetic and just said, what are you sensing? Um, and just two things kind of come out just from that little conversation and just the time in worship that I believe that the Lord is here to bind up the brokenhearted this morning, um, to bind up the brokenhearted today, and to feed the hungry with good things. Um, and so those are, are just two things that, that, let's just pray for that. And I'd just love to pray for you, actually, as a church, before we go any further. It's really challenging times, isn't it? And the Lord is with you. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you're the rock of ages. And we thank you that you're present here. And we just ask that you just presence yourself even more amongst us right now. And Father, I'm going to speak, but I pray that what would be heard would be your voice and nothing but you. And I just want to step out of the way and just ask that you'd come. Thank you that you're already at work so powerfully in this space. We just, we just love you, Lord. We just say we love you. And Father, I just particularly want to lift up the leadership team here. I want to lift up all the leaders, the elders before your throne right now as they seek to discern your will, as they seek to know the steps ahead. May they hear from you and from you alone. And as they fast and as they pray, may it be you you who speaks, Lord, nothing else but you, Jesus, we pray. And we ask, Lord God, that they would be in agreement with one another. Father, that there would be a real togetherness that you bring in this place, in, amongst these people. I thank you, Father. We just declare that we're your sheep and we want to follow the shepherd, that we're, we're after you, God, and, and after you alone. 
just as well, just that, um, a sense of that he's just wanting to break down walls, that he's coming to break down some walls, maybe even as as we talk this morning. You know, I, I really believe it's interesting what Hein was sharing about him, um, the Lord rising to shake the earth. I really believe that's what's happening. I, I, I really believe that we're seeing a shaking. Um, and, and actually where we've been traveling and what we're seeing, we're seeing it everywhere. Um, there is, you know, some places less than, um, other places more, some places really obvious, other places not so. Um, but there is a shaking of the church and the enemy will do whatever he can to stop that from happening happening, whatever he can to stop the kingdom advancing in this season. And he's going to throw all kinds of stuff at us. And I think my heart cry is, Lord, will you just keep my eyes on you? You know, the attack that um, Gavin, my husband, took over the Evangelical Alliance just a few months ago, the, the attack that we faced as a family in the last few months has trebled. It definitely has. Um, and, ha- and I'm kind of all the time going, Lord, how do we respond to this? Like, how, how, do, I, how do I respond to this? And sometimes I see it. And I know that it's the enemy, and other times I'm not aware, you know, and, it, and sometimes we just need to say, Lord, show us clearly. We need eyes, don't we, to see what is him and what he's saying and what his voice is speaking over us. There was um, at a conference last Easter, so back in 2019, I can't believe we're in 2020, <gasps> um, and there was um, at the back of the venue, someone had drawn like this massive wave, um, and, and, and just it was just huge, and she said to me, oh, Anne, I, I needed to draw it bigger, but there wasn't enough paper. It was actually much bigger than what she'd been able to draw, and she'd written alongside the wave, big swell coming, train hard, prepare well and get ready to catch it and ride it well. And I mean, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit just looking at the picture. It was like, whoa, you know, this is real. This is coming. And, and I just, I believe that there is something massive coming and we're beginning to paddle in it, in the shallows of it. And it's not just in one place. It's going to be everywhere across the whole church. It's not one denomination. It's across the denominations. And it's beginning at the grassroots. It's not in the big conference settings. It's right at the grassroots. And the Lord keeps saying to me, in the local, Anne, in the local, with the one-on-one, every single person. You know, and he loves every single one of us, doesn't he? Every single one. And he's running after every one of us. And so, just since 2015, prophetic word after prophetic word after prophetic word on my radar about like the Holy Spirit beginning to do something different. And an increase of his presence and an increase of his plans. And I know about you, I'm like, come on. I want to be part of that. I want to ride that wave. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm terrified of surfing. Absolutely terrified of surfing. Who's a surfer? Anybody? No surfers in the room. That's good, isn't it? We're ready for the wave then. But... (laughs) But genuinely, I'm like, how do you ride a wave? If you can't surf, how do you, how do you ride it? And I've actually been reading about surfing um, to try and find out, you know, because they have to train really hard. They have to be really self-disciplined. They have to really focus hard to know when the wave is coming. You know, and they're watching and they're waiting and then they're going for it and they're getting on the wave and it's just like okay lord as a church are we watching are we waiting are we ready for the wave so if you've got a bible i'm probably going to come up behind me but we're going to look at acts chapter 12 and we're going to start at verse 1 it was about this time that king herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, 
and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone into the cell. He struck Peter on the side, nice, struck Peter on the side, an angel, and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Wow. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. So he was clearly naked, which is interesting, isn't it? And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they'd walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Interesting that the angel was there in the hardest moment, wasn't it? Interesting, right through to freedom, and then the angel departs. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know that without a doubt the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door! She ran back without opening it. Aha! There he is. We'll just leave him outside. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. Isn't that awesome? Don't you read it and just go, I want to see this, Jesus. I want to see this in my lifetime. I want to see such incredible, miraculous stuff that we stand back and go, only God could have done that. And I'm not talking about little things, but massive things. I want to see it. I want to see it. It's amazing. So I'm just going to bring out a few things um, from this passage and just things that I think are important right now um, for the church to, to grab hold of. They're quite obvious. You're going to be like, yeah, we're doing that, Anne. But I'm still going to bring it because I think we just all need to keep hearing it. So the first thing is this, pray, pray. I didn't have Sam do my PowerPoint this morning, so we haven't got anything. <laughs> I normally have a great person on the PowerPoint, but unfortunately, I'm sorry that we don't have that. But So pray. So the church, in verse 5, were earnestly praying to God for him. The church were together. And in verse 12, where many people had gathered and were praying, where many people... And, you know, we see that in Acts, don't we, all the time, again and again, they're praying. They're praying together all the time, constantly in prayer. They're constantly waiting and watching to see what God is going to do. You know, the early church was birthed in prayer. It, you know, it's a house of prayer for the nations. It's not a house of preachers. It's a house of prayer for the nation. Is it a house of prayer? Is it? Are we a house of prayer? Like, I feel so really, really challenged on that. You know, we're, we're beginning to step it up a little bit in Stanmore. We're beginning to pray a bit more, but there is such a long way to go. They were believing and pressing in in prayer yeah. all the time. Constantly, the scripture says in Acts chapter 1, like constantly. As soon as they were back in Jerusalem, they were together in prayer. Waiting for God to move, listening to the voice of the Lord. It was like, what's going to come? What's going to happen? And we want to know that it's from heaven. 
You know, we were out in Turkey just um, back in October, and I have the privilege of going out there a bit and working with the Iranian Christians. And, and when they say, let's pray, everybody just prays. And I was just like, oh, that's not really like my situation back home. That's not really like the prayer meetings that I often walk into around the country. And it was genuinely just this hunger that they just start to pray. It's like, only God, only God. And, and the service started while they were still praying in the other room. Because it's like, why do we need to wait? We just can carry on in here. We're all doing the same thing. We're all worshiping, aren't we? We're all pressing in, whether we're in there praying, whether we're in here speaking, whether we're in there reading the word. Why do we need to wait? We're all called to participate. We're all called to pray like we've never prayed before. And prayer is what is going to lead to the breakthrough, guys. Prayer is going to lead us into a place that we've never been before. And prayer, what we're experiencing, is leading us to a place of togetherness that we haven't had before. Because prayer causes us and pushes us into a place of honesty about what's really going on. You know, you can have a conversation with someone and it can just be on the surface. When you start to pray, you can't sit there and not deal with the stuff that's really going on. And even in the last week, we've seen greater unity in our team because we're praying together. And it's just been absolutely amazing. You know, I believe that the enemy is trying to steal our power source. This is our power source, prayer. He's trying to come up with as many distractions as he possibly can to stop us from praying. He will throw everything at us. I know about you, my day-to-day life is full of stuff. It is. It's just full of stuff. And I choose what, what I do in that. I choose whether I turn and look at my phone again or whether I get on my knees. I choose what I do when I first wake up, whether I don't choose my phone as an alarm and start like texting or whether I open my Bible and pray. You know, it's all the time, isn't it? And the enemy's like, oh, doesn't that feel more appealing, Anne? Don't you, wouldn't you rather be doing this? God, come. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your will be done. And I just, the second thing is this, waking up, waking up. You know, this moment here where the angel comes in verse 7 and strikes Peter on the side. I mean, I'm thinking, first of all, most of the angelic visitations that we get in Scripture are pretty scary, aren't they? They are pretty, it's like, do not be afraid. It's full on. It's in like, whoa. And this one, hum wax him as well. I mean, I said, wow, I would be quite freaked out by that. He's already naked, in chains, in a dark prison, and suddenly, you know, what does that look like? Oh, God, just the way he moves is so interesting, isn't it? It's like, it's pretty scary. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord right there. And there's this sense of urgency, isn't there? It's like, quick, get up. Yeah. Come on, it's now. That's right. That's right. Like, we just... <laughs> wake up. Yeah. Don't keep sleeping. Don't keep sleeping, church. The time is now. And I know about you, I hate being woken up. I literally hate it. I'm so horrible. I mean, Emily will tell you in the morning, I am horrible. I don't want to speak to anyone. I just, ah, oh, mornings. We need to wake up quickly. You know, and get in the word quickly and get before the throne quickly and get together in prayer quickly and wake up. I I had this kind of really weird picture a, a little while ago and it was Sleeping Beauty. Who knows the good old Disney classic? Hands, people. Anybody? Nobody. Okay, yeah, everybody. Everybody's seen it. But it was, you know, I was really seeing her there with the rose on her chest, like fast asleep for a hundred years. And then the prince comes a riding through the forest, doesn't he? And he comes to the castle walls. And the castle walls must have been massively thick in my mind and turrets. And, and it's really, how does he get to her? How does he get to her? But he does. He gets all the way to the, to the princess. The prince gets all the way to the bride. The bridegroom gets all the way to the bride. And then what? He kisses her awake. He kisses her. And what is it that wakes her? It is the kiss, but what is it? Anybody? It's love. 
It's true love. It's real love that wakes her up. And that is the reality, isn't it? That the, he's coming a riding to wake up his bride with love. It's love. It's, it, you know, it's this awesome love. And it's just so incredible that he makes his way all the way to her to wake her up. And he just keeps saying to me, Anne, I'm chasing you down. And I'm fighting till you're found. And I'm going to leave the 99. And I'm coming after the one. And I'm coming after everyone. You know? Every single one of us. And he's coming. And he is determined to get all the way to us. To wake us with his love. It's not going to be, you know, a smack across the face. I think there is going to be some of that. But it's in love. It's in the love of God that he's coming. And, he's, and there's two prongs. I see two things happening at the same time. He's coming to wake the bride. He's coming to wake the bride, but he's also drawing the lost at the same time. And he's like, my church, I need you ready for what's coming. But if you're not, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to draw them, whether you're ready or not. I'm, stu- I'm already doing it all over the world. I'm leading people to me. And if you're not ready, they're going to do something else. You know, hallelujah, hallelujah. There was a, a couple in Iran who came to Jesus and, and they were kicked out of the nation. They were sent to America and they were in America for three months. And over that three months, they had a really, really hard time. Um, and the wife turned to the husband during that time and she said to him, um, I don't want to be here anymore effectively. She said, there's a satanic lullaby here. There's a satanic lullaby and all the Christians are sleepy and I feel sleepy too. I feel sleepy too. They left and went back to Iran. They left the States and went back into Iran. Isn't that interesting? I was like, why would you go back into a country where you're being persecuted so dramatically for your faith? But you know what? I feel called to the West. I feel called to the West, and I know people are leaving it, and I know we need reverse mission desperately. We desperately need it. You know, we sent people out for years. We need them here to help wake us up. We desperately do. But we need to stand our ground and wake up and push in in prayer. Don't we, guys? And I don't want to be, I don't want to miss this wave. I don't want to be too busy just fast asleep in a corner and miss what God is going to bring in the nation. He's going to do it. He He's going to do something awesome. Yeah. So the third thing is this, break free. Break free. So a light shone into the cell. A light shone. Thank goodness it wasn't all in pitch blackness in the passage. A light comes into the cell before the angel wakes him. A light comes. A light is coming into the darkness. Yeah. A light is coming. You know, before the freedom comes, God is bringing his light into the darkness to shine on those living in darkness, to reveal what's true, to reveal what's good, to reveal who he is. And and then we get this amazing moment where the chains break off Peter's wrists. And, you know, I don't know whether you've looked at it very much in this passage, but there are a heck of a lot of sentries and guards and soldiers in this passage. Like, it's almost every verse. There's people standing guard everywhere. And they have to go past a lot of people to get out of the cell. So so that is a miracle in itself. It's not just the chains. You know, it's not just the the iron gate opening by itself. But they get past all these people that are against them. All these people that are trying to stop freedom from coming. All these situations where the enemy would try and keep you locked in, God makes a way. God brings the breakthrough. The angel leads him out. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I so often focus on what's against me. I'm so, so often focused on, on the people or the situations where I just feel like it's impossible rather than on the God who can bring the breakthrough. He brings amazing breakthrough here, doesn't he? And he's calling his church to break free. And he's saying, I can help you do that. I am enough for you. 
I can lead you out past any situation. You know, I've been praying for that for so long. Where I am, I'm, I'm, I'm only been there, like, I'm in my fifth year at Stanmore Baptist Church. And I've been praying for breakthrough for, since I started there. And, you know, last week there was a lady sat in the service. And during the service, she felt like this suffocating feeling on her chest. And literally, as I was preaching, God did something awesome and just completely liberated her. She felt like she was being suffocated, and she just said it just lifted off her. And then she, I just could see her weeping in the service. You know, for me, that was amazing. I just was like, God is doing it one by one, one person at a time. But he, whatever your breakthrough is that you need to see, he's in the business of doing it. He's in the business of bringing it about. You know, I think some of us think that the road that we're on is too blocked. We think, you know, I I could never overcome that. I could never break through that. There's just too much at stake. I I don't see a way out, Anne. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I can't see any way out of that. Like, I've prayed for it for years. I've tried to believe for it. I haven't seen it come. Yeah. Keep praying. You're a church of faith, aren't you? You're a church of faith. Amen. Keep praying. Keep believing for You know, in Acts chapter 16, when it's Paul and Silas in prison, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they do get liberated, but they sing hymns in the prison before they get freed. They worship God in the darkness. And I think this is the other thing that the Lord is saying to his church. My children, I want you to worship me. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter how hard it is, worship me. Fix your eyes on me. No matter what is going on, pray. Pray anyway. No matter how you feel, just pray. Worship, pray, and read the word. It's not complicated, is it? What are we going to do in the darkness? What are we going to do? Thank you, Lord. And just the the final thing that I'd just bring you from this passage is this um, belief for more. Belief for more. You know, I just love the response of the people in the word of God sometimes. You know, we're in the middle of Acts at this moment where the most awesome things are happening. And Peter himself doesn't believe that it's happening. He doesn't believe it. It's happening to him. And he doesn't believe it's happening. He says Peter had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. It's like happening to you. How can you not know? Like God is sometimes doing stuff and we're not even aware. And we're waiting for something over there. Or we're looking over there and God's doing it. I'm doing it right now, right where you are. And you've got distracted and you're looking at other things and you're focused on other stuff. And it's happening right where you are. Right with the people that you care about. It's happening right there. And then you obviously have this amazing bit where Peter comes to the door and there's Rhoda. You know, and she's like, Peter's at the door. And they're like, you're out of your mind. They've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, and then he's there. The answer to their prayers is right outside the door. You're crazy. No, it's not. You're crazy. No, it's not. How can it be? How can it be that he is right there at the door? He is. It is him. You know, and I just, I don't know what you're praying for, but I don't know about you either, but there's so many things I'm praying for that I don't really believe are going to happen. I have to say, Sam's really challenged me on this because recently he said to me, and I'm praying an end to the whole of mental health crisis in the UK. And I was like, are you mental? And he said, are you not praying big prayers, Anne? Are you not praying big, are you not believing big things can happen? And I was so challenged. I just, it's real. I mean, I've shared it in a few places. I'm so challenged by that. Am I, what kind of prayers are we praying? Do we really believe that things can change? And are we looking for that change? Are we looking? Are we opening the door and going, there it is. There's the answer. Believe 
for more. Believe for more. You know, there's an interesting bit here as well with Rhoda because Rhoda is speaking something that the people need to hear and the people are not listening. She's telling the truth, isn't she? About what's happening. And they don't hear the truth. What are we hearing? Are we listening to the truth, church? Are we hearing the truth? Because I think the enemy's trying to tell us a lot of lies and lead us towards a lot of prison cells. But God brings us out of darkness and into light. He doesn't take us back in. He leads you out. And so wherever you are in your walk with God that is leading you towards darkness, it's not Jesus. It's not. Whatever you're doing or praying or seeing or seeking and it's leading you towards the light and into deeper relationship with God, that is him. That is him. Are you going closer to him? Are you moving into a closer relationship with him and with other people? Or are you moving further out? You know, because our culture is encouraging us into a place of radical individualism. But Jesus is calling us into radical relationship. Radical relationship. And we're beginning to see that, I think, as the church. We've got to demonstrate radical relationship. Real family relationship. We are the family of God, whether we're in Fleet or Stanmore or wherever we might be. We're one. We're one. Do we love each other? Do we really love each other? I feel so challenged on that. I really do. Like, you know, I find it, it's a bit easier to love my kids because they're my own children. But how much do I really love others? How much do I, do I, God? You know, Lord, stir that up in me. Your love, your love for people so that I can really, really love them. The church in Acts, they're just this radical togetherness, isn't there? There's this incredible, like they're praying and they're believing and they're pushing in together. And they're like, we are not, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Nothing is going to stop us from being one and pushing in to see miracles. You know, if the people were not praying, would Peter have walked out? You know, and so even when he's here alone, they're together. And like, where do we need to come together again? Where do we need to come together again and believe for more and press in in prayer? You know, every time I'm preaching at the moment, I'm finding it, literally I'm preaching and then I'm walking away from what I'm preaching and then I come under attack in the areas that I've, that I've been preaching because I really believe this stuff, guys. And I really believe I have to push it from... I'm challenging myself as much as I'm challenging you, so I hope you don't hear it as a, ah, to you. I feel really, really burdened that we've got to pray. I feel really, really burdened that we've got to love each other. He's coming to bind up the brokenhearted. He's coming for the bride. He is coming for us. And are we ready for him? Are we, whether it is, whenever that is, are we ready for him? Are you ready? Do you think you're ready? You know, the, the, that moment when the prince comes riding through the forest for Sleeping Beauty, he has to bash some stuff out of the way, yeah. doesn't he, to get, to get to her. He has to face the dragon, if you've watched the one I've watched. He faces the dragon, the fiery dragon. He doesn't get overcome. He makes it all the way. Yeah. And I just think God's saying, my church, will you push out of the way the things that you need to push out of the way in order to get where I'm calling you to go? I want to model something that reflects who Jesus is to the rest of the world. I want them to look and go, whatever they've got, I want it. Are we doing that? Are we showing the world something they want to be part of? Radical love, radical togetherness. Yeah. I just want to um, finish with this. I think this might entertain Sue a little bit because it's a golden oldie. But I um, I, um, 
She'll know what I mean. She'll know what I mean. As in, she knows um, my father-in-law really well, don't you? And um, I was telling Emily that she's worked really a lot with my father-in-law. He is a lot. He is a lot older than Sue, but she has ministered a lot with him. Um, and I just—it made me think of Spring Harvest when I thought of this song. But I um. I'd heard, I'm really sorry, guys. I'd heard, I'd heard um, rustling in a meeting that I was in, and um, we were in a prayer meeting, and I just heard rustling. And, um, and I thought to myself, what the heck is the rustling? And no one else could hear any rustling. And I, but I said it. I said it out in the prayer meeting. I can hear rustling really loudly. And, uh, and everyone's like, okay, Anne, you weirdo, which I can be a little bit weird. Um, but we just moved on. Anyway, someone emailed me the next day and said, she said, as soon as you said that in the prayer meeting, Anne, I thought of that song. I hear the sound of rustling in the leaves of the trees. And I'm like, bless you, sister, that's great. I, I vaguely remember that from my Anglican days as a little girl, um, but I'm not going to look it up. But it never left me. And a few days later, I thought, I need to find out what those words are. Um, and so this is back in, what was it, the 70s maybe? Dave Bilberer. But I don't know the year. I mean, maybe someone else wants to Google it at some point. But the words are fascinating. Listen to this. I hear the sound of rustling in the leaves of the trees. The spirit of the Lord has come down on the earth. The church that seemed in slumber has now risen from its knees. And dry bones are responding. I can really feel it, with the fruits of new birth. Oh, this is now a time for declaration. The word will go to all men everywhere. The church is here for the healing of the nations. Behold the day of Jesus drawing near. My tongue will be the pen of a ready writer, and what the Father gives to me, I'll sing. I only want to be his breath I only want to glorify the king. And all around the world, the body waits expectantly. The promise of the father is now ready to fall. The watchmen and women on the tower all exhort us to prepare. And the church responds a people who answer the call. And this is not a phase which is passing it's the start of an age that is to come. And where is the wise man and the scoffer? Before the face of Jesus, they are dumb. A body now prepared by God and ready for war. The prompting of the Spirit is our word of command. We rise a mighty army at the bidding of the Lord. The devils see and fear for their time is at hand. And children of the Lord, hear our commission that we should love and serve our God as one. The spirit won't be hindered by division in the perfect work that Jesus has begun. Amen. Let's pray. Mm, yes, if you want to join me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just, we love you. We love you. And we thank you that you're rising to shake the earth. And we thank you that we get to live in this time, in this age, in the right now. Why don't we stand together just as a response to what the Lord is, is doing. And, and just if you, my feeling is just, there needs to be a response in all of us, really. You know, I can say where I'm at, but, but a response that says, God, I, whatever's coming, I want in. You know, and, and maybe just in your spirit now, you, you know, do you know what? I've been focused on this thing, this soldier, this century, this situation, and I've let it become big. I've let it become too big, and it's become something that I can't actually see past to see my way into freedom. And maybe you just, in your own heart and in your own mind, you just need to take a moment and just say, Lord, please, we forgive me for seeing that. Please, we forgive me for focusing on something other than you, on a situation other than you.
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of you, Lord. Some of us, it's like we've, we've seen the problem and we cannot see any solution. It's just a massive problem. It's like a black hole of horrible. And Lord, Lord of the breakthrough, I just want to pray that you would bring breakthrough now in Jesus' name into those situations, Father. And Lord, we just believe as your church that you want to lead us into freedom. And we just declare that together, Father, that you are the God who wants to lead us into freedom. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. I'm just going to wait. We're just going to wait for a bit. I just think there's more. There's more. There's more. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. 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 Lord God, be honored. Jesus. I just want to encourage you. I, we've got loads of room down the front here. I, I feel like, you know, that bit about he chases you down, he fights till you're found, he leaves the 99. It's like he's coming after you, but are you coming after him? And I just, I want to give space for people just to come to the front as a kind of, I'm coming after you, God. I, I want to come after you. I, I want to get right with you and I want to run towards you. And I want to get all the way to that place of kissing you, of coming into, into that place of uh, intimacy with Jesus. And if you just, you're feeling like a stirring in your heart, it's like, do you know what? I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I'm really hungry for God. And I'm hungry to come to him. I just want to invite you just to come, just to come. And you might just want to come to your knees or, or just come, but it's like an act of saying, God, I, I, I'm just coming. I'm coming to you. Just, and it's like, come quickly, you know, come quickly. If you're just in that space and you just want to come to him, you just want to run after him. You want to push in with him. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just respond however you want to respond. If you just want to, if you, whatever you want to do, just more of you, Lord, more of you. Jesus. And anyone who prays in this place, who wants to come pray with anyone, please do that. Whoever's prayer team, if you would like to come and just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord, more of you. More of you, Jesus, we pray. We're going to carry on in this space as well, but I just, there's a sense that I've got that there's, you know, this binding up the brokenhearted piece of that there's a lot of pain for some people. And it's and it just that the Lord is here to heal. The Lord is here to minister to the brokenhearted. And it, you might need to do something in response to that. You might go, need to go and speak to someone or ask someone to pray for you. But I just encourage you in this space at this moment, if there's something you need to do to respond to that, that you would just do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord genuinely feel like for some people it's like this wall has been built up in your life it is it's like one of those castle walls and God just God is just wanting to break through something for you today he's wanting to come like with an axe and just smash something down and it's a it's a wall that's it's a hard brick wall and it's pain there's pain in your life there's pain in your heart and it's like you've gone God I just don't see how you can break through this I don't see how you can come through this pain. And he's saying, I'm coming, I'm coming to break that wall down today. Do you believe, do you believe that I can do it, church? Do you believe that I can? Because he's more powerful than anything or anyone we could ever imagine. We just pray, Father, come and break the walls down. Break the walls down, Jesus. More of you, Father. More of you. There's something else around voices. I just really felt like when I talk about Rhoda's voice, you know, and she says, Peter's at the door and she speaks the truth. And I, I just feel like for some of us, we're not sure what the truth is. 
We're not sure we're hearing the right voice. And I just, I really believe that the Lord wants to speak to you right where you are with his voice today and bring his truth to you today. And I I just ask that if you're in that space that you don't go, this is what God's going to say. This is what he's already said. This is what, I just believe God just wants to bring fresh manner to you, his voice into the situation that you're in today. And so Lord, I pray, speak your truth. Speak your truth in this space. Speak your truth to your children, Father, to every one of us. We want to hear your truth, Jesus. We want to know that word that Rhoda brought. Peter's at the door, God. What is your word to us today, Lord? What is true? Whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is good from your throne, speak it, Lord, we pray. And we thank you that your truth breaks through division. We thank you, Father, that your truth brings life and light and hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a couple of people as well. I don't know who they are. I'm just trying to work that out. But there's a couple of people who you know that you've been given a voice and and you're being asked to speak something that you haven't spoken or you've tried to speak it, but God wants to release a new authority over you to speak. And, and it's there's some situations that maybe you're in. Maybe it's one situation in particular. Maybe it's in a workplace. I don't know where it is, but the Lord is saying, I want you to speak up in that situation. And I want you to bring my word of life into that situation. And I think some of you are looking around going, who's going to do that? Who's going to, someone, where are they? Who's going to do that? And they're not there because it's you, because it's you, and you're the person that's meant to bring the word of breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please, just whatever, if you want to sit or stand, whatever you need to do in in this moment, feel comfortable. If that is you, if you feel like you're called to bring a voice into a situation, your, your voice into a situation, I'm sure the team would love to pray for you. Please come make yourself known or make yourself known to somebody around you, but that's really significant. And I think what needs to happen is a prayer of anointing on that person for their voice to become loud and clear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just uh, also just sensing that the Lord is saying that there's some people here and, and you feel like you've made a bit of breakthrough. You feel like you've come out um, of the prison cell, if you would like, if we use that terminology a little bit, like you've started to see something change. And then for some reason, you've got beckoned back in to the dark place. Somehow the, the darkness has, has tried to reel you back in to that space. And I just, I really believe again that the Lord is just here to bring about complete breakthrough and he wants to just call you right out of that darkness yeah the um join the worship actually just before Anne was speaking i saw the rock and i saw the rock in the moses spoke to to bring the water forth it was a trickle it was water and then i saw jesus And he said, he is sending the Holy Spirit. He is sending Holy Spirit in greater measure. I don't know how that fits with theology, but it's like I am sending Holy Spirit. And the church needs to hear. Holy Spirit is coming in fresh measure. It's just not a whoosh. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So Holy Spirit is coming in front because Jesus himself is sending Holy Spirit. And I also had a word from 12.3, Psalm 12.3, which says that God is going to stop every tongue. He's going to uh, stop every arrogant voice. He's going to stop every flattering tongue. 
there's going to be a stopping of voices speaking against the Holy One of Israel, against the plans and purposes of the Lord in these days. Holy Spirit is going to do this. He's going to put a hand over the mouth and he's going to send Holy Spirit. He's sending Holy Spirit in greater measure, in awesome measure. Holy Spirit is coming. You know, one of the things that happens just before there's a major move of God is an incredible time of repentance. You know, one of the things, as people come running when there's revival, they come running to repentance. That's what they come running to. And they, they come running to this space of just weeping on their knees and going, God, I've just got that wrong. And God, I'm just so sorry. And God, I can't do this. And I just, all the time at the moment, I, when I'm in prayer, I just feel conviction come. And I feel like I'm having to really say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I mucked up in that conversation. I'm sorry that I mucked up in that situation. I'm sorry, God, for just not giving you my best. I'm sorry, God. And I just encourage you, you know, I, I really believe that your church could see something awesome. I believe that you already are seeing something, but there's more. Church, I just want to call you um when i was prayed for then I, I feel i was the person who needed to speak and was needed release and when i was prayed for i got the feeling that i that, that, that verse from revelations where god is going to spit you out because you are lukewarm and lord i want to pray for repentance in this place that you if people are feeling lukewarm that they will return to Jesus with that first passion that they had, that they will come and they will want to worship the Lord because we are not a people that should be lukewarm. We are people who should be on fire. And Lord, I want to pray for the fire of God on us in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we want the fire of God. We don't want to be lukewarm. It's, it's very, lukewarm stuff is very unpleasant. So, Lord, I pray that for those who are feeling that repentance of being lukewarm, that you would just come on us with that holy fire, that you would burn out all lukewarmness in the name of Jesus, and that you would set us alight again, that we may actually call, draw people unto us, that you would, you would be the light in us, and that they would, you would see your fire and want to come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Trust you.